illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simon on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgate. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host and the big bald guy behind the grill, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me, as always, from Twin Pides Vineyards and Airbnb, the director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother the Beach. Beach, how are you doing this this evening? Dude, I'm doing okay. I uh, we had a little bit of an event here um, uh, last uh, last night uh, or yesterday afternoon, I guess. Did I tell you this? No. What happened? Oh, well. So on Sunday, I get a phone call from a gentleman named Michael, and he says, "Hi, my name is Michael," which is what people do when that's their name. And he said, um, "My girlfriend Kate booked your Airbnb for Monday night and Tuesday night." And I said, okay. I uh, said, well, you know, we're, we'll have everything ready for her. And he's like, well, I would like to propose to her Monday afternoon when we get there at, at your place. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, do you know where I can, where a florist is that I can get some flowers sent over there? And I'm like, well, th- you know, we're close to McMinnville and Newburgh, um, but, you know, it's Sunday and you're landing tomorrow. And he says, yeah, we'll be in, uh, he says, uh, he says, well, I was thinking about maybe having an Uber driver bring it over. And I'm like, you know, I, I said, I said, I'm not sure. He said, well, I did some search and he said, Albertsons has flowers. They have a florist in there and they're open today. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, well, I know where there's an Albertsons on McMinnville. But I said, hey, why don't I just this? I said, make it easy. I said, I'll just drive over there and pick them up for you and I'll, I'll, I'll arrange them for you. Was that work? And he goes, that'd be fantastic. Said, sure. No problem. So I said, how many do you want? He says, I want five dozen or six. Yeah, five dozen roses. I said, wow, okay, I'll buy five dozen red roses and I'll, I'll put them around the, uh, I'll put them around the, uh, um, uh, uh, put them around the, the room for you. And he says, okay. And I said, now I said, I got music that plays up on the patio or the, the porch area. I said, do you have a theme song you want to work with? 
you know, for when, when you walk up there and open the door. And I said, I got a chalkboard that's above the bed. And I sent him pictures and I said, so we can write something like, you know, Kate, will you marry me? And he says, uh, he goes, yeah, that would be wonderful. And I said, okay. I said, well, do you have a theme song? He's like, you know, we really don't have a song. And I said, okay, I'll try to pick out something for you. So I had to, had to think hard. I'm like, so I need a good romantic song and it needs to be, you know, I think kind of timeless and it needs to be kind of slow and melodic. You know, you don't want something upbeat and fast tempo for that kind of engagement, right? Because it's going to be more of a, a romantic engagement, not like a family involved people running down the street, throwing papers or doing something crazy. Right. Yeah. So, so I thought to myself, what's when I did a little searching, you know, like I thought of a song and then I kind of had uh, YouTube give me suggestions off of that song. So we, we had a suggestion of uh, It's a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong, which I great song, but I don't know if it was lovey-dovey enough for an engagement, right? Yeah. And so then I'm like, well, we can do a um, – uh, maybe a Elvis, you know, wise men say – you know that one? Mm-hmm. And – but, you know, Elvis is kind of like uh, – to me, it's it's a cultural thing. You got to kind of love Elvis or you're not a big fan of Elvis, right? Mm-hmm. So – but then I thought, and it, it popped up, and it's like, that's the perfect one. Unchained Melody by the Righteous Brothers. That's a good one. Yeah, I thought it was good, timeless, you know, a little ghost there. But, you know, this couple's, I think, are probably a little bit younger, so maybe ghost is a little bit beyond them, so they don't have to worry about people dying and, you know, coming back and haunting uh, what's-her-face. But um, uh, who was who uh, haunting uh, Whoopi Goldberg? There we go. But uh, anyway, so we had that playing in the background. So I asked him, I, I wasn't, I had to work late last night, so I didn't get home until about 11. But I texted him this morning and said, how did everything go? And he said it went great. So I'm assuming that they are now engaged. That's pretty exciting. So, and uh, they're actually here right now. I think they're out in my backyard uh, sitting around the fire pit. So anyway. Cool. Yeah. So, so that, that was very that's sweet. Exciting. Yeah. So, you know, we've had a wedding here now with the Airbnb. Now we've had a proposal here at the Airbnb. Uh, I was, I was talking to my friend Becky today and she said, well, maybe, you know, maybe the next thing you'll have is a baby. I'm saying, well, I think probably a couple might've been consummated here. Already. I, <laughs> I was going to say something about that, but I figured, I don't know how to say this, uh, delicately. Yeah. And I think, uh, yeah. you did. <laughs> yeah. All, all, all I can say is there's probably more sex going on in my barn than definitely going on in my house. That uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, well, so more sex involving multiple people. Exactly. Exactly. Got to clarify. Because, <laughs> because, uh, uh, <laughs> as we as we texted Kyle earlier today, uh, my tube sock knows. So. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so so that's my story there. Um, so yeah, didn't, didn't expect to get that whole of an intro for uh, the, the the podcast tonight. But what else? What else? There, there we go, Billy. How are you doing? What's I'm, going on in your life down there? I'm doing pretty good. Had to take a gun to the dentist today. Uh, like, mm-hmm. in, like in the new car you hooked Jess and I up with last week. It's a, it's a good little sucker. Cool. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. So I think Gunny enjoyed riding in it today too. So awesome. Did, did really well. I, I drove from our house to Corvallis back to the house to the dentist and back and still had over 90 miles of charge left. Crazy. Yeah. And, and does that new charger you bought, does it charge fast enough for you? Oh uh, yeah. Oh or- yeah. Oh yeah, it's in it's, charge overnight. Oh, easily, easily, easily. And like Can I said, I've got it set up so it only charges from eleven to seven a.m. So um, I didn't know they had different prices for electricity. Honestly, I never knew that. I just yeah, electricity, paid the bill and I ele- ele- electricity gets cheaper at night. No, that's good because all my light. 
all my all my lighting around here. So yeah, we we <laughs> we we drove the car uh, to In and Out yesterday. Oh, did you? Yeah, I went and had some lunch. Man, it'd been a while since I had, had In and Out. I forget there is an In and Out literally twenty minutes from where I sit. And you don't go. And I I haven't been since like shoot January or February. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we went and had lunch. Man, it was good. We were all just talking about how freaking tasty those burgers are. So, anyways, so life's pretty good. Um, I just want to thank everyone for uh, listening to Illegal Participation. This is show number 146, Beach, Season 9, Episode 6. Crazy. Yeah. So, uh, basically, on Illegal Participation, we like to talk beaver sports, tailgating, and anything else we find interesting every week and just generally have some fun. I want to remind everyone, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, any other podcatcher you have. Uh, get in touch with us, HeinrichTailgator, gmail.com, uh, at HeinrichTailgator on Twitter, or HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. And, uh, Beach, we did have a little bit of email last week. Ooh, I um, love it when we get email. I wish we'd get more email. I know. I know. Just People saying, you know what, you guys are totally crude and inappropriate, or you make me laugh, or, or uh, you know, damn, that, that beach has a sexy voice. You know, that'd be nice to hear once in a while. Yep. Yep. So uh, we got uh, an email from Greg. Ooh. And Greg said, Elle and I would love to come up to beaches for a tailgater sometime. We still want to have one or several at our place. Any weekend would work for us. It could be a home or away game, I suppose, since they're all the same now. And so, Beach, I actually talked to Greg after this. And so I think what we're probably going to do is maybe do away games at uh, at the Twin Pines and maybe home mm-hmm. games down at Greg and Ellen's place. Now, do, do, does Greg and Ellen do they have a, like an open area or what do they have down there? Uh, they have What's an open area. Venue? I believe they also have a, a barn area that we can, can be in. Okay. And this is not the barn that's been collapsing over the years, correct? No, I don't think so. Yeah, they've got a, okay. a, a covered area. <laughs> So, but yeah, cool. and so we can kind of figure that out. Uh, we'll, we'll still have to kind of get some, some more, uh, information together. We have one, two, we have about two and a half weeks to figure this out. So, okay. Now what is the first game, uh, an away game or a home game? First game, uh, is, uh, away game. I believe we're going to do okay. it. No matter what, we'll do the first game at your place. Okay. And we, and we need to get some, do we need to get cheese? Yes. And that's another thing. So, um, Jess emailed, uh, we, she got looking to see when the Wazoo campus at Vancouver, when their gift shop is open. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's, Crap. It's closed. But she emailed them, and they are doing, okay. they will do um, scheduled appointments. Oh. So I will probably schedule an appointment to go pick up a couple things of cheese next Thursday. Okay, because I'm going to be up in Vancouver tomorrow, but I'll be up there around eight, or like seven, eight o'clock. Yeah, there's no way we can get that done that quickly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I mean, if you're going to be up there, let me know. And yeah, I I go up to Vancouver usually. I've got a lot of customers up there, so I usually go up there probably about once a week or once every two weeks. Okay. Well, if you're going to go up there again before next Thursday, let me know, and I'll we'll call them and set up an appointment. Okay, sounds good. Um, but yeah, and so we're figuring that first game. We were talking about doing macaroni and cheese and tri-tip, but I think mm-hmm. macaroni and cheese and pulled pork would be much better. 
You're right. Yeah. A little, little less work. You can yeah. put it in or on the mac and cheese. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm thinking I might be able to make the mac and cheese fresh out there. So instead of making it ahead and then just baking it off, mm-hmm. possibly make it from scratch out there. I'll just come out with the noodles already prepared. Okay. And I can make the make well, the, uh, did, the the cheese sauce out there. Pour didn't it on the we noodles have an issue last off. year where we, we the, it was a little dry? Well, that's what happens when it sits overnight. Because it absorbs all the cheese. Because sauce. it absorbs all the liquid. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So and we'll still have to figure out kind of what we're doing. Um, Guest list wise, how we're going to work that. But you, you and I will need to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Okay. But anyways, mm-hmm. so there is that. Um, also, Beach, uh, last week um, after we recorded and before we, but before we put out the episode Wednesday morning, Eddie Van Halen passed away. Yes. And so last week we did have a different song picked out, and I actually edited that out and and played a Van Halen song that I personally like, Little Guitars. It's one of my favorite mm-hmm. Van Halen songs. We, we um, probably should have been keeping with the theme and done Take Your Whiskey Home. Take Your Whiskey but, Home, uh, or there's a bunch of songs we, we could have done, right? Yeah. They, they had a but, lot of drinking songs. But yeah. but, but anyways, I, I just wanted to play something that I personally enjoyed. Um, no, no I, I, I agree with you. That's a great song. You, you know, I was just reading an article about uh, my because of what I watch and because uh, Facebook and, and Google and everybody stalks you and knows exactly, you know, what you're thinking and the nasty things that you look on the Internet. Um, it's been just populating tons of uh, articles for me on Van Halen. Mm-hmm. And I read one here recently because one of the things that's always bothered me um, just because I, I hate to see, you, you know, I hate to see um, uh, people who argue and stuff. You know, and and not come to an amends on it. And so the fact that uh, Sammy Hagar and Eddie seem to be in such a big feud towards the last few years Mm -hmm. um, over things, mainly because Eddie made some derogatory comments about Michael Anthony's bass playing. Yeah. And and uh, Mike and uh, Sammy are are pretty good friends. I mean, they've been in a couple bands together Mm -hmm. and and Sammy. They they still play together all the time. Oh yeah, they're in both the circle and chicken foot together. Correct. And and uh, Sammy came to uh, Michael Anthony's defense right away because he knows that Michael Anthony's an amazing bass player, mm-hmm. and uh, that really hurt the relationship. Well, this article pretty much said that they started texting um, earlier this year, mm-hmm. uh, him and and Eddie, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and that was what Sammy said. He said, you know. I, I didn't want this to us to get buried with this. Yeah. And so he said they were chatting, made amends, and and uh, he said he'd be coming out with more talk about it a little bit more later. But they, uh, he said uh, he he felt good about it. Then he said he noticed in the last about two months, all of a sudden Eddie wasn't responding, and so he figured they were pretty close to the end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. and, and I I think really just what I know of Van Halen, that band that you know Eddie and Alex were well they fought a lot. Yeah. And, and you, you, you can't you can't beat dudes like that and, and not have a lot of arguments. I mean, hell, yeah. we can't even get through a tailgate setup without screaming and yelling at each other at least once. Oh, I know. It's a just so. says it's not a tailgater till one of us calls the other one an effort and, and mm-hmm. you know, people are you know making fun of each other. So and, and that's what it is. And, you know, <clears throat> I think Eddie wanted his son in the band, which I understand, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I and Wolfgang's a pretty good bassist but but um michael anthony is 
a great bassist and his backing vocals are unparalleled. So. Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. So Eddie Van Halen did die after a long battle with cancer. Now they said that um, he'd been battling it for 10 years. And I know I had heard um, kind of rumors and reports that he'd been traveling to Germany for the last five years to get the radiation treatment. Mm-hmm. And, and even though he's been a heavy smoker forever, I mean, that's kind of one of his things that he put his cigarette in the end of his guitar as he was playing. But he, mm-hmm. Eddie believed that he developed throat cancer from a metal pick he used to frequently hold well, in his mouth. Well, and, and the reason why he did that was because the original cancer started out in his tongue, yeah. right where he held that pick at. Yeah, and, and, so, and maybe, you know, yeah. it could be, who knows. Um, but they said that he'd been in and out of the hospital over the past year, um, including last November for intestinal issues. And had recently undergone a, another round of chemo because he 10 years ago gone through this and supposedly had kind of gotten over it and they thought he was kind of on the other side. So, but he passed away last Tuesday um, at a Santa Monica hospital with his current wife, Janie by his side, along with his son, Wolfgang and his ex-wife, Valerie Bertinelli and, yeah. his, and his brother, Alex. So, and, and I don't know if you saw what Valerie Bertinelli tweeted, but, she just said, you know, I'll see you again, my love. I think they were still, they still loved each other, but I don't know if they were still in love. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah. But yeah. So, but you know, Beeves, that's been one of our favorite bands forever. Um, I was telling people, I think I told Jess last week, that 1984 was the second cassette tape I ever bought. What was the first? Slade? Uh, Slade, keep your hands off my power supply, yeah. The sec- it's a great album. It's a great album. And then the second one was uh, Van Halen, 1984. And I know you, you kind of judge people on, you'll just ask them Sammy or Dave mm-hmm. and see what they say. Mm-hmm. Now, if, Absolutely. for you, is there a wrong answer? Not really. Um, I, I would have to the, say the, because... the, wrong, the wrong answer would be what? Unknown, not knowing. Yeah. Would be what? Yeah. That that's, would be that's wrong the wrong answer. answer. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I I myself am a fan of Dave's for just I mean you listen to Van Halen one Van Halen two Women and Children first mm-hmm. I mean that's some fantastic stuff yeah um, and nothing and I still believe nothing really sounded like Van Halen in the day oh uh, when, when Sammy agree. came on he softened it quite a bit um, it wasn't near as a rough it was more smoothed out and I mean I guess that's also the evolution of a band. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's, there's some Sammy albums I really like. I really like, and I don't know if it got a lot of critical acclaim, but I really like balance. Oh, I think that's a great, that's um, a great album. Have you been yeah, listening there, to the, uh, the, uh, Van Halen tribute, I, um, station on XM? You, you know, I don't get XM anymore. I let oh. it lapse. Oh. So, cause I, I just listen to too many podcasts anymore and I wasn't getting enough music. I understand. So it's, it's excellent. Yeah, I, well, and and I mean, I did, I do, you know, all I do is talk to my phone and say, hey, play me some Van Halen, and it starts playing me some good stuff. So, yeah, yeah. but there's you know, there, there's, you, you know, I just, I, I hope, and you don't know if it'll happen, but you know, there's so much music that gets buried with an artist. I mean, what they say, like Prince had thousands of songs that he wrote and and mm-hmm. produced but never released. Correct. And and I don't know if the Van Halen brothers. Uh, you know, with their with their various um, uh, lead singers, if they have stuff that was never done. I um, one of the well, the thing with the thing with Prince is he he produced all the stuff, so he would play every musical instrument and sing it and actually fully produce it and then not release mm-hmm. 
I know Eddie was always noodling with stuff and playing with stuff. So he has parts of songs and licks and instrumentals recorded, I think. But I don't know mm-hmm. how many completed songs there are recorded. But, you know, he was one of the first guys to have a studio in his home. Yeah. He built 5150, well, well, 5150 way back in the day just so he could start recording stuff. And actually, I heard a thing, the song, uh, you know, uh, Right Now, that was on the uh, mm-hmm. For Unlawful Car and Law Knowledge album. So that album came yep. out, um, f- the, like, I want to say August of 1991. That mm-hmm. song actually came out in 92. But that album came out in 91. And Eddie, I saw an interview with Eddie that he said that he actually wrote the music for that song back in 1983. Really? Yeah, but Dave was just kind of, never really liked it. And he, well, and he pulled one, it out one, with Sammy, and Sammy really dug it. One of the articles I just read uh, today, again, because it's popping up on my, my feed, was uh, that they actually had a partial album all ready to go after the Van Halen 3 with Gary Sharone. No, really? So they had quite a few songs done with Gary Sharone ready for another album. And then because of Van Halen 3's lackluster sales and because the tour was so low attended that they just scrapped the whole thing and, and Gary left the band. Yeah, because we went to that show. Did you go to that show? Yeah. Yeah, I remember going, we, it was Theater in the Clouds where they, they only allow you like a, a third of the uh, Rose Garden yeah. to perform in, which they're normally filling up a full arena. And then on top of that, even the Theater of the Clouds at the Rose Garden wasn't even full for that show. Yeah, it was, a it good, was, it was, it was still a good bad. show, though. Oh, it was great, but yeah. it was so lack attended. And again, I don't know if, I mean, I thought Van Halen, I mean, Van Halen 3 wasn't like 1984 where you can listen to every song. But I thought Van Halen 3 had at least three or four good songs on there. Dirty oh, Water Dog. I love Dirty Water Dog. That's one of my favorite yeah, songs off there. Yeah. yeah. So. But I think at that point, well, at that point, hard rock, you know, was kind of, it was kind of on the outside, right? Because you that's had, true. You'd had the grunge movement in the early to mid 90s and mm-hmm. hard rock music hadn't come back in yet. And I think people were kind of done with the rotating lead singer. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you, you kind of lose some loyalty at that point, especially when you didn't lose a singer to uh, death or something. You know, I, I always go back to like ACDC with Bon Scott. I yeah. think it was easier to accept Brian Johnson when Bon Scott was no longer with us than if Bon Scott would have just left the band. Exactly. Kind of the same thing with like Motley Crue when Vince Neil left the band and they replaced him with what's his who, you always remember his name. Oh, who was I just I just forgot his name. But. You know, and again, I freaking love Motley Crue's album with him. John, I think it's John Karabi. John Karabi. Yeah, I, I, I think it's their best album. Oh, that's a great album. Great oh, album. Fantastic. From, with, from um, top to bottom. Misunderstood is one of my favorite songs. I love Misunderstood. I love Hooligans mm-hmm. Holiday. Yeah. There's some some great and, songs on there. And but but again, uh, the 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 fans just weren't ready to let go of Vince Neil on that, and because that was Motley Crue's sound. Now whether they sounded better or worse with the new lead singer is subjective, but. Yeah. But uh, it's always tough to make that change without a loss. Yeah. Now, um, I just, yeah, just, we just had to talk a little bit about this because it does suck. Um, I'm sad that I can never take the boys or Jess to a Van Halen concert. Mm-hmm. I, 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 you know, I still have my uh, 2007 Van Halen shirt when we saw them in concert with I Dave. Do. After the Beavs beat Oregon in uh-huh. the Civil War in Eugene, you and I went flying up. And saw mm-hmm. Van Halen uh, with David Lee Roth. Yes. Yeah. And, that was a great uh, show. 
Yeah. And I, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't mean to beat this one like a, a dead horse here, but yeah, that, that was a great show. And I did not realize, you know, I'm looking through the time and I'm like, going, dude, Sammy was only in the band for like 10 years and four albums. Yeah. Yet the, the Van Hagar era seems like it lasted for 20 years. You know, yeah. when you think about it, Yeah. you know, yeah, no, it's just odd. I, I still wear that Van Halen shirt. Actually, I think I might've been wearing it last Tuesday. The, oh really? I, I either wore it Monday or Tuesday last week because I'll wear it to work because mine says uh, it says it's got the Van Halen kind of VH um, logo mm-hmm. in the front in flames on the back. It says Van Halen kicks ass. Mm-hmm. And I used to love to wear it when I'd have to go into Gunny's school to talk to his principal. <laughs> Do you remember the shirt I got at the other? I think it was at the Gary Sharon concert. Who the f is that said, Van Halen? Exactly. That was one of my favorite shirts. But I just wanted, we just had to bring this up because Van Halen is one of our favorite bands. And if you are a fan of the Heiner Tailgater, well, you know that our logo is directly derived from the VH Van Halen logo. Mm-hmm. And our slogan of Everybody Wants Some is a Van Halen song. So it's the yeah, outro absolutely. to this po- podcast. So, anyways, just uh, had to say something about that. All right, B, you ready to move on to some uh, sports news? Yeah, what's going on in the world of sports? Evidently, uh, sans uh, Pac-10 for the moment. Well, we do actually have some Beaver wrestling news. Two-time national champion, three-time All-American, and Oregon State's Athletics Hall of Famer Greg Strobel has passed away at the age of 68. Now, Strobel, the United States Olympic head coach in 2000, won a national championship in both 73 and 74 at 190 pounds and placed fifth in 1972 to earn his first All-American honor. In 73, he was named the most outstanding wrestler at the NCAA championships. Now, Strobel won three Pac-8 conference titles during his career at Oregon State and earned an NCAA Post-Grad Scholar Athlete Award in 1975. Now, he still holds the Oregon State record for consecutive wins at 74. He ended his career with 124 victories, which ranks ninth all-time at OSU. Now, Strobel earned both a bachelor's degree and a master's in business education from Oregon State. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So just a little little sad notes, but I thought we should say something about that. Yeah. Yep. Oh, Billy? Yeah, Beach. Uh, hold on here, just a sec. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Billy. Yes, Beach. This just in. U of O's athletic department released the following statement to its fall sports athletes today. Hot boxing does not cure COVID. Apparently, a rumor has been going around the Duck campus stating COVID-19 will be cured with an evening of hot boxing. When asked about the rumor, Duck quarterback Ty Thompson said, well, it sure doesn't hurt. (laughs) And that has been your Heinrich Tailgater update from Eugene. There you go. No hot boxing. Okay. (laughs) There you go. Well, little Cheech and Chong, you know. Sure, sure. Uh, so sorry officer i'm sorry officer i smoked it all yeah (laughs) (laughs) there's a little throwback yeah no marijuana in this car we smoked it all (laughs) not anymore all righty beach that was a good one all right let's time to move on to our under further review for week number six in the ncaa after further review the runner did 
Cross the line. Touchdown. Touchdown. All right, Beach. I have our picks right here. Coming in from last okay. week, you were in third place at 15 out of 22. Mm-hmm. Kyle was in second place at I thought we were tied. You were. 15 out of 22. Well, then why am I in third place? Sorry, I'm tied for second. I, 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 I wrote 16, and I'm going to have to look 15 here. 15. So you wow. guys are both at 15 out of 22, and mm-hmm. I was in first place at 17 out of 22. Well, within striking distance, and well, you totally screwed this, this week. All right. What? So first up, Beads, this week uh, for the games that I had us pick out. First up was Florida at number 21, Texas A&M. Pretty sure we all took Texas A&M oh, I'm on sorry. this one, didn't we? Yeah, I, I wrote. No, that's right. Florida, Texas A&M. Yeah, we all did take Texas A&M. Jimbo Fisher finally picked up a marquee victory at Texas A&M in his third season as coach of the Aggies. Number 21, Texas A&M, outlasted the number four Florida Gators 41-38 to on Saturday as Seth Small hit a 26-yard field goal with time expiring to send Kyle Field into a frenzy. It marked Fisher's first victory over a top-five foe since being hired at A&M in 2018. And it brings a measure of redemption after the program's 52-24 to loss against number two Alabama last week. Now, Texas A&M quarterback Kellen Mond finished 25 of 35 passing for 338 yards, three TDs, and no interceptions as he continued to expose a Florida defense that has been in the worst in the SEC through three games. However, it was Isaiah Spiller who stood out as the difference in the game. The Aggies' sophomore running back rushed 27 times for 174 yards and dominated the second half with a pair of TDs as his team rallied from a 28-17 deficit. Hmm. So we all picked up a win on that one. Next up, Beach, number 22, Texas at Oklahoma. Who'd you take? Oh, Steers and Queers. I think we took Texas. You took Texas. Kyle and I mm-hmm. both took Oklahoma. Okay. So how'd that turn out for me, Billy? Benched early and celebrating late. Oklahoma quarterback Spencer Rattler had quite the first experience in a most unusual version of the Red River Showdown. The Oklahoma Sooners freshman threw for a 25-yard scoring pass to Drake Stoops in the fourth overtime, and the Sooners survived a late rally from number 22, Texas, in regulation for a 53-45 victory Saturday. Now, Rattler sat most of the second quarter in favor of Tanner Mordecai after an interception and a fumble, but came back with two of his three scoring passes in overtime as the Sooners bounced back from their first back-to-back losses in the regular season since 1999. Now, Texas quarterback Sam Ellinger had a career-high four rushing touchdowns through two TD passes in the final three minutes and 28 seconds of regulation after what appeared to be a game-sealing interception by Woody Washington in the end zone with the Sooners leading 31-17 with five minutes left. So Kyle and I picked up a point on that one. Next up, Beach, number 14, Tennessee, at number seven, Georgia. I think, uh, God dang it, did I take peaches or did I take the volunteers? You went for the peaches. I went peaches. Okay. Yeah, all three of us did. Number three, Georgia, beat number 14, Tennessee, 44-21 to in Saturday in a game that often felt like Georgia's biggest opponent, was Georgia. That's the best way to explain a game in which the Bulldogs trailed 21-17 to at halftime, 
but made all the necessary second-half adjustments and outscored the Volunteers 27 to nothing over the final 30 minutes to claim victory. Now, things started poorly for the Bulldogs when a bad snap on the opening possession of the game sailed over quarterback Stetson Bennett's head and didn't stop rolling until it had traveled 25 yards to the goal line. Once there, Bennett tried to swat it away from Tennessee defenders, but his efforts were futile as Kyvan Bennett fell on the ball for a touchdown and an early 7-0 Tennessee lead. Now, Georgia had held Tennessee to 143 yards on offense in the first half, and had it not been for the bad snap on Tennessee's defense making big stops, the Vols likely would have been out of the game early. Unfortunately for Tennessee, reality caught up quickly in the third quarter when Jarrett Guantano turned the ball over on each of the team's first two second-half possessions. Again, the Tennessee defense came through, though, holding Georgia to a couple of field goals, but Tennessee never scored another point. So we all got that one. Mm. Okay, Beach. up next, number seven, Miami, at number one, Clemson. I think I took the U. You did. So did Kyle. Mm-hmm. It had been you. So how'd Kyle and I do? Are we making are we making headway? Well, I took Clemson. Number one, I know. number one, Clemson affirmed its spot not only as the class of the conference and all of college football at this early stage of the season, with a 42 to 17 win against number seven Miami on Saturday night in Death Valley, in what was only the 17th meeting between top 10 teams in ACC history, the Tigers clearly defined the line in the sand between themselves and the latest contenders for the crown. Now the hurricanes didn't play particularly well on a soggy night under the lights, but whether it was the stage or the opponent doesn't matter because Clemson was able to overcome its own errors on the way to a wire to wire victory. Now there were penalties, turnovers by both teams, special teams, miscues and questionable coaching decisions, but the flaws of the game fall to the cutting room floor of the conversation, which entirely surrounds Clemson and its pursuit of a sixth straight ACC title. Now, the Tigers' defense played its best game of the season so far, keeping Kane's quarterback, Derek King, contained and holding his offense out of the end zone for three quarters before a late TD snapped a touchdownless streak for Miami that dated back to the 2010 meeting between these two teams. Now, King was limited to just 121 yards on 12 of 28 passing with zero TDs and two interceptions with 84 rushing yards and a touchdown on 14 attempts. So I got the point there. You Suck. and Kyle did not. Oh, no, I, I thought you were saying something else. Okay. Two games left, Beach. Up next, UTEP at Louisiana Tech. Ooh. Louisiana Tech. Actually, you took UTEP. Really? Kyle, Kyle and I took Louisiana Tech. You think I did that intentionally? Was that a good call or was I drunk? I think you might have been drunk, Beach. Bidding for a third straight victory, UTEP gave perennial Conference USA West Division power Louisiana Tech all it could handle on Saturday night. But the Bulldogs were able to escape with a 21-17 victory on a night where the Miners were whistled for 12 penalties, totaling 128 yards. Now it spoiled another dynamite performance by the UTEP defense, which limited Louisiana Tech to just 210 yards while registering season high in sacks of four and tackles for loss at 13. Defensive end Praise Amowul was a monster for the Miners with five tackles, three and a half sacks, and four pass breakups. Now, UTEP got a special teams touchdown on a 100-yard kickoff return by Duran Lowe, but struggled offensively, although the Miners did outgain the Bulldogs with 266 total yards. Mm. So Kyle and I got the win there. 
You did not. All right, Beach. Up lastly, Kansas State at TCU. Oh, TCU is the only uh, the only school that's ever gotten the uh, what do they call it, the death knell. Is that right? That that's SMU. Oh, SMU was? Yeah, Southern Methodist. Okay. They got the death penalty. Okay, okay. But TCU probably deserved it too, didn't they? Not really. They've they've run a pretty good program. Oh, do they? Okay. They were the ones Uh, that had that huge comeback against Oregon a couple years ago in the Alamo Bowl in the second half where they were down by like 28 points and came back and won the sucker. God bless them. That was great. It was beautiful. Just beautiful. Um, the, um, so Billy, we've already discussed I was drunk. So who'd I pick? You took TCU. All three of us did. I thought I did, but I I was, I was watching this TV show on Netflix the other day Uh and it was about Ryan Ferguson. Did you ever hear this story? The guy who was put in jail for 10 years for a murder he didn't commit because this dude was high on drugs and alcohol and thought he committed a murder that he never committed and put himself in jail as well as this other dude. Really? Yeah. Crazy show on Netflix. Yeah. Huh. So yeah, we can get it. in that one later. Say, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was interesting. It was just, just crazy. Because yeah. the kids like it was it was like watching Shawshank Redemption. He's on the thing and he took the stand because he, he didn't have any proof that he didn't do it, but he didn't do it. Yeah. But the guy's like this guy's point saying, yeah, I, I but it was so wild. The the freaking um, the the uh, investigator for the police force, he pretty much hand fed the guy his story. And the guy was just, he's kind of a mental case. Mm -hmm. And so then he's just repeating what the the officer told him that he did to kill this guy, which he wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And the only eyewitness that actually saw them, she was so badgered by the the, the, uh, prosecution Mm -hmm. that that she she went up there and and answered questions. But the, the prosecution never asked her to identify the people in the room that she saw. No. And his lawyer was so bad and he was afraid that she would give the wrong answer that he didn't ask either. Where if he would have asked her, she would have said, no, those people who killed this guy are not in the room. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Anyway, good chance. Big thing on – we've been watching a lot of Netflix lately. Sorry, sidetrack in the weeds. Let's go back to TCU. A final wild drive by TCU ended with a Hail Mary batted down in the end zone as Kansas State came away with a 21-14 win and yet another crazy final play game between two friendly rivals. Now, the, now this is like a this is a golf game that we're playing here, right? Where the lowest score wins, is that right? No. Now, it even oh. the all-time series between those two schools at seven wins apiece and gives K-State a 5-4 advantage since TCU joined the Big 12. Now, the big story for K-State was a smothering defense, which forced TCU to seven punts, five of which followed a complete failure to gain a first down. It was not a perfect effort, but TCU was held to 342 yards and 75 plays, solidly under five yards per play mark. And the Cats needed that effort because they only managed 289 yards themselves. Hmm. So, And if that game, Beads, that I was thinking about, it was the 2016 Alamo Bowl where mm-hmm. TCU came back and beat Oregon after trailing at halftime by 31 points. Is is, is that – It's, I, the, I it's I, the biggest bowl can't... game deficit comeback in, in history. Didn't they talk about buying the – didn't Disney buy the rights to that game or something? I think they might have, just like recently. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. To but, to do a movie. Oh, dude, on if they it. make a movie out of that, I'll totally watch it. The uh, well, and and I don't remember what. I just remember that one year where freaking Belialotti uh, goes up and was talking about how they didn't get the Rose Bowl or didn't get a major bowl game and how the bowl that they got was beneath them and then they couldn't even win that bowl game. Remember that was God was that ten years ago or something? I just mm-hmm. remember him being such an ass. Yeah. But All right, yeah. Mage. there's there's no bowl beneath you, you know. Uh, there, there, there's a tremendous number of teams every year that never get to go bowl to a bowl game, who never get that extra game to play. Mm-hmm. So there, there's no bowl that's beneath you. Yeah. The only bowl that's beneath you is the bowl that you never got. Yeah. So anyway. Well, Beach, after this week, uh, you picked up three out of the six wins. Kyle picked up four out of the six wins. And I picked up five out of the six wins. So right now you're at 18 out of 28. Kyle's at 19 mm-hmm. out of 28, and I am at 22 out of 28. Mm. I, I'm really just holding tight for the Pac-12. I think this is just all a distraction. Right on. All right, Beach. It is now time. Oh, wait. Well, now we got to go to the Pac-12 in the polls. And, Beach, even though, <laughs> Any movement. even though the Pac-12 has not played a game yet, Oregon in the AP poll held fast at number 12. And USC jumped into the poll at number 25. Shocking. And Utah, Arizona State, and Washington are all in the others receiving votes category. And in the USA Today Coaches poll, Oregon jumped up a spot to number 16. Wow. USC entered the poll at number 24. Kind of makes you think the thing's rigged. That it's all theater. Uh-huh. And Utah, Arizona State, Cal, Stanford, and Washington – are all in the others receiving votes category. Well, we got what another week, I think, until I think the twenty fourth is when the big the big ten starts playing. And then two weeks after that is when the Pac twelve starts playing. So Alright Beach, it is now time for the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> jackass of the week award. Every week we like to discuss personal college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan of Beach. I don't know if yes. you saw it this week, but this week we're giving an award out to Georgia wide receiver George Pickens. Did you okay. hear did you hear about what Mr. Pickens did? Nope, I did not hear what Pickens did. Well, Beach, Georgia wide receiver George Pickens received an unsportsmanlike penalty late in the first half against Tennessee on Saturday for squirting water from a bottle on volunteers quarterback Jarrett Guantano. Now, on first and 10 from the from the Volunteers 36, Guarantano raced for a three-yard scramble before falling out of bounds towards Georgia's sideline. Now, while Guarantano was on the ground, Pickens was seen walking toward him and squirting him with a bottle of, like, you know, a squirt bottle of water and mm-hmm. was squirting it at him. Now, Bulldogs head coach Kirby Smart said, quote, when somebody comes out of bounds and you squirt water at them, what are we? Are we seven or eight years old? I mean, come on. Let's play football. Let's don't be silly. Now, Pickens on sportsmanlike penalty gave Tennessee a first down. Five plays later, Tennessee would take a 21-17 lead when Guantano found wide receiver Josh Palmer for a 20-yard touchdown pass. Now, Georgia did go on to win 44-21, and Pickens finished with a whole two catches for 14 yards. But this was just stupid. You know, it's just dumb. The guy lands on your sideline, and you walk up to him and try to screw. There's cameras all over the place. 
I, I was going to say, do you think you're really going to get away with this? Well, there's cameras all over the place, and guess where there's no cameras pointed right now? In the stands, because there's hardly anybody in them. They're all on the field. Mm-hmm. And it was just stupid. It, it was just dumb. Cost your team 15 yards for just a stupid jackass yeah. play. And it didn't, but could have cost you the game. It, it could have cost them big time. You, you, you know, that's always one of the big – I always remember you bitching, but you shouldn't be making mental mistakes. You know, it's it's acceptable if you get beat, right? I mean, there's sometimes that you're just not just strong enough. Other times, bigger, stronger, faster than you. Exactly. But when you start uh, doing stupid mistakes like that, then then that's on you. Exactly. So. So wide receiver George Pickens from Georgia. This week's Jackass of the Week Award. (laughs) Is for you. All right. All right, Beach. Well, it's now time for our musical interlude. But what we're going to do is insert the musical interlude we'd recorded last week. Mm-hmm. We're going to insert that now and listen to it right now. Okay. It is. Yes, it is. So, um, what'd you pick? Well, Beach, this song. Well, okay, I got a little story here. 1957, Gene Autry's record label, Challenge Records signed Dave Burgess, a rockabilly singer-songwriter from California, who often recorded under the name Dave Dupree. At the end of 57, having produced no hits, Challenge Records looked to Burgess, who organized a recording session on December 23rd in Hollywood. Now, in the studio that day were Burgess on rhythm guitar, Cliff Hills on bass, and the Flores Trio, with Danny Flores on sax and keyboards, Gene Alden on drums, and the lead guitarist, Benny Bruce. Also was who, uh, Hewlin Duvall contributing background vocals. Now, they gathered primarily to record a couple songs, but they, they recorded a few. But the last tune they recorded was the song that I'm thinking of. Now, this essentially was just a jam by the Flores Trio. It was based on a Cuban mambo beat, right? And there's only one word in the entire song that's spoken three times. Okay. Now there, there were three takes, and Danny Flores, who wrote the song, was also the man who spoke the word. Flores also played the trademark dirty sax solo. Now the song served as a B side, but it came out and uh, had little success. But after a DJ in Cleveland found it on the B side of a single, it reached number one on the Billboard chart on March 28, 1958. Now, Flores had written the song, but because he was signed to another label, the tune was credited to a Chuck Rio, which was a name that he adopted for the stage. Now, those present for the jam session on December 23rd began recording together, and on January 20, 1958, under the name of The Champs. So they technically formed the group after they recorded the song. Okay. Yeah. The song actually has a real similar rhythm structure to Bo Diddley's 1958 release, Dearest Darling. Now, Beach, this song has actually been recorded. Oh, I can't tell you. It's been covered a billion times. Um, Dizzy Gillespie, Boots Randolph, um, The Ventures, um, The Reverend Horton Heat. There was a Latin hip-hop version of this. Uh, the band Hot Butter who was famous for their 1972 single Popcorn, actually covered it yes. on their I, album. I do know. So they covered this song on their album Moog Hits. 
Um, there is a Posca cover by the band Sublime. And let's see what else. Um, Real Big Fish recorded a version. Smooth jazz guitarist George Benson covered the song. Um, oh dang, this is this. It's, it's it's been all over the place. It's made its rounds. Yep. Now uh, the song was actually also mentioned in the 1958 song, "The Purple People Eater" by Sheb Woolley. Right. Really, it's, um, it's referenced. It's referenced in there. Um, okay. Yep. It's one of the songs the uh, title character learns to play with his horn. Because the one I okay. flying, flying purple people eater. Um, Debbie Reynolds jumped out of a bottle and danced to the tune in the 1960 film Pepe. Um, Happy Days, the TV show Happy Days, used it a lot, especially during diner scenes. It was featured in Cheech and Chong's 1980 film, Cheech and Chong's Next Movie. Kurt Browning used it uh, for his short program uh, for figure skating at the 88 Winter Olympics. Mexican okay. Vel, Mexican Velveeta used it um, for a television commercial in 1988 that had a bunch of dancing mm-hmm. jalapeno peppers. It was used in the 1990 film The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Michael that was Angela, a good one. Michelangelo and Donatello danced to it, but then used the used the lyric ninjutsu. Right. It was used in the 2006 film Night at the Museum. It was used in the 1993 film The Sandlot, where the boys go to the uh, amusement park and chew tobacco and puke all over the place. You're killing me, Smalls. Yeah, exactly. Um, It was used in video games, Mafia 2. It was used in um, Elton John and Tim Rice's The Lion King on Broadway. Right? It was played at Breakfast at Tiffany's. It was played in the movie, 27 movie, Baby Driver. It was used in Who's the Boss? But, Beach, where it's really, really known. Do you know where it's really well known? What? The 1985 film, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Where after Pee-wee knocks down a row of motorcycles um, at a, at a, bike, at a kind of a club, he proceeds to win over the angered, by, the angered bikers by selecting this song from the jukebox and comically dancing to it. Does he dance up on top of the bar? Correct. With his little hands going back and forth? The, the, he does the peewee dance. And what is that song yes. that he dances to, Beach? Billy, I'm drawing a blank, and I don't know why. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe it. Well, Beach, the song has one word and a one-word title, and this one word is only spoken three times during the song, and it would be Tequila.
I keep, you know, I keep thinking tequila, but in my mind, I keep going, Mas Tequila. So uh, I'm too much Van Halen in me. Yep. So there you go, Beach. That was tequila. Awesome. Yeah. Thought that was a good one. So we don't. We don't what do does we... he say? In, what does he say in the Purple People Eater? Uh, at the very end of the song, he goes tequila. Oh, he does. The Purple People Eater says it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yep. 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 So. So that's a good one. Yeah. I was I was pondering. I was already picking out my song for next week. Oh, good. 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 You have to have to sit on it for next week. All right. That was good. I. You know, I love hearing myself talk. <laughs> Don't we all? Don't we all? All right, Beach. It is now time to go for the week seven games that we were going to pick. Okay. And I sent the picks to you and Kyle. You know I can't read. I know. Let me pick up Kyle's things. Okay. All right, here. All right, Beach. First up, I just figured you're not going to read it. First up, number one, Clemson at Georgia Tech. Who you got? We're going to take Clemson. Okay. I, too, am taking Clemson. Kyle says Clemson. Then he says Gamecocks. Huh. Huh. He's doing a beaver some, be some nice. butt there. So he's taking Clemson. All right, Beach. Next up, number 13. He missed one here. Oh. No, he said Clemson. Then he says Gamecocks. So next up was number 13, Auburn at South Carolina. Um, That's why I said Gamecocks. Because it's South Carolina? Yeah. Okay. I think I'm going to take Auburn. I, too, am taking Auburn. Kyle's taking the Cox. Next up, number 17, LSU at number four, Florida. I think I'm going to take Florida on this one because it's at Florida. Plus, I just watched a documentary on the Challenger explosion, so that was exciting. So now I feel a little bit closer to Florida. There you go. Kyle Mm -hmm. says, Go Tiger! (laughs) I think I'm I'm going to say, Go Tiger! What were you going to say, Beach? Oh, nothing, nothing. Okay. Next up, Number 21, Texas A&M at Mississippi State. Oh. Kyle says Mississippi State. I don't think Mississippi is much of a state, so I'm going to take Texas A&M. Okay. Kyle says Crazy Leech, Mississippi State. I'm going to take A&M also. And then next up, number eight, North Carolina at Florida State. They're allowed to be still called the uh, Seminoles, right? Did they get the approval from the Seminole Indians? Yes, correct. All right. So, hmm. Kyle says, blow, blow, Seminole wind. <laughs> Seminole. He's using you know, Seminole like the Indian tribe, and then Seminole uh, like where semen goes. Oh, the semen hole? Yeah, well, yeah, kind of. Okay. So I he's taking know. FSU. 
I'm taking North Carolina. Really? Okay, well, I'll take I'm taking Florida State. Okay. And last up, number three, Georgia at number two, Alabama. Greenbow? You're taking Alabama? Um, yeah, what the hell? Kyle's taking Alabama. I too am taking Alabama. Although I wouldn't mind seeing Georgia win that game. Mm-hmm. All right, have we got those ready to go? All right, Beach. So uh, we got another segment to do here. Um, I gave you a link. I sent you a link. Correct? Yes, you sent me a link. So hold on here. I got to pull this up. Well, first of all, I got to introduce the segment. Do you remember what it's called? Uh, it makes me want to puke. That's right. It is the Tanner Boyle makes me want to puke play of the week. Now, for everyone that doesn't know, Tanner Boyle and that that audio clip was right there was from the 70s version of the movie Bad News Bears. And Tanner Boyle was the little outspoken blonde-headed kid who kind of had a, a horrible mouth on him. He was awesome. Yeah, he was great. But this also, Beach, this is this is whenever I see a video clip that just kind of wrecks your stomach looking at it. And then we have you watch it live while we're recording and get your 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 gut reaction to what's happened. So, Beach, in a last second win against the New York Giants on Sunday, there could there was a ton of disappointment for the Dallas Cowboys after they lost quarterback Dak Prescott for the season. Now, Beach, if you want to play that clip. Oh, this video is not monetized. If you see an ad. Ooh, as of the making of this video, Dak is thankfully okay. Okay. Yep. So on the play, Beach, it's a nine-yard run to his left. Oh, shoot. And, and, Holy <laughs> shoot. Holy crap. That was – oh, God. Oh, God. It's not It's not even connected. <laughs> it's, it's just there. It's just freaking hang. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Now, they, they do slow it down again so you can watch it. And it was just a freak thing. Holy crap. Dude, even those guys are being grossed out. Yeah, well, because he plays. This is like, I'm expecting to see like the whole puke fest from uh, from Stand By Me. Yeah, so so he plants his right foot, and as the guy's tackling, he kind of falls. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Oh, my God. Yeah, so. Oh, yeah, it's it was pretty gruesome. Um, uh, not needless to say, there was a compound fracture and dislocation Total of his right ankle. Man. Yeah, yeah. So he was put in a in a in an air cast, put on a cart, and was in tears and taken to a local local hospital for surgery to clean out and repair the fracture. And uh, the Cowboys head team orthopedist brought in a noted foot and ankle doctor to help repair. Um, the damage Sunday night. So needless to say, he's done for the season. Um, I just yeah. hope he's not done for his career. Cause that was pretty brutal. It was kind of similar to an, an injury that Alex Smith, a uh, quarterback who plays for the, uh, the Redskins suffered two years ago. And he finally just came back. Um, wow. cause his, his was so bad. So that was, it was pretty devastating. So, I mean, the players are, are I mean, well, he must be well respected by his, you know, by his teammates because they are all. Yeah. Well, they uh, all, they all are. Sad. And well, yeah. And 
they all could see what happened. Now, what's interesting when you're listening to the uh, to the uh, commentary, the 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 guys watching it, because when when it happens, his foot is obviously not pointing in the right direction, but he kind of reaches yeah. down and grabs his calf. And mm-hmm. and one of the announcers goes, "Ooh, let's just hope that's a cramp in his calf." And I'm I just sitting there thinking, "What are you looking at? His foot is pointed in the opposite direction." You know, but anyways, so yeah, so um, hopefully they'll get that get that all repaired and and he'll be okay and hopefully back on the field. <laughs> Fake news. Yeah. yeah. It must be just a cramp. So, anyways, coach, I just coach, I broke my dick. Yeah. <laughs> There's a little Johnny B. Good. <laughs> People that don't know, Johnny B. Good starring, oh, what was his name? Anthony Michael Hall. Anthony Michael Hall and Robert and Downey Schumann. and Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Yeah. Iron Man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. He, he, late, late late 80s <laughs> high school football movie. Yeah. So, it, it was it was actually more about college recruiting though too. Yeah, yeah, but uh, Anthony Michael was, Hall is a star star quarterback and. And he's friends with uh, Robert Downey Jr. and with Thurman's his girlfriend. Yeah, it was it was a great movie. I like I enjoyed that movie. But he, he wanted he wanted to get out of the game so Robert Downey Jr. could play backup quarterback. And <laughs> he's like, oh, coach, I broke my dick. I broke my dick, and he's like, and the coach is like, God damn it, get out of there. That's <laughs> a it's a great movie. A great movie. So. Oh. Okay. Anyways, yeah, I, I still wonder if people appreciate us or just feel sorry for us on this podcast. They probably feel <laughs> sorry for Jess. She has to put up with us. They don't have to feel sorry for my tube sock. That's good. There you go. <laughs> Anyways, well, <laughs> before we before we go away, I'm glad I'm glad you got to see that. Well, I'm glad you had to see it because it kind of grossed oh. you out. But but oh um, god. But before we go, I just wanted to say uh, I got a text from Dano. Um, uh, Dano said uh, he 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 texted me, and we're, this is going to be for not this not next week, but later on, maybe maybe in December or once uh, we're through the season. But he sent because I want you to think about this. Dano said, "A buddy of mine, think he's been down to a tailgater, started a list a long time ago debating the great it." first the greatest first song on the first albums ever some of the top um some off the top of the head include boston's more than a feeling gnr's welcome to the jungle mm-hmm. led zeppelin's good times bad times mm-hmm. and of course van halen's running with the devil would be mm-hmm. curious to hear y'all's top five if given some time to do some research and i said oh that's a, so good, for- that's a good idea First song on the album. First song on their first ever album. Oh, okay. So it's got to be so that band. First, first debut song. It's their debut song off their debut album. Okay. And Dana said, you know, with the eclectic taste in music you guys have, I'm sure there should be some surprises on there. So I just wanted to plant that seed. We'll think about it, but we'll get probably to it, I want to say, um, after the season. Okay. But, but kind of let it think and, and let it percolate. I will do it. So, anyways, anything else to add, Beach? Oh, I think I've shared way too much today, Billy. Probably, and we're only a couple weeks away from actually having a Beaver game to talk about. Yeah, so we got to get some cheese, and 
I, I'm, I'm, you know, honest to God, I'm so excited for a, uh, oh, we never really talked. What, what are we going to do? Are we going to do a sign-up sheet for you, the you, tailgater? You and I will talk off the air and we will put it out there next week. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. So I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 146 of Illegal Participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, there's a few ways to get in touch with us. Heinrich Tailgater, gmail.com, at Heinrich Tailgater on Twitter, Heinrich Tailgater on Facebook. Remember, listen, subscribe, leave a rating review, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Beach, next week, show number 147. Wow. Yep. And we'll get after it. We'll be one week closer to a beaver kickoff. How many years? This is season nine. God, I was a young man when this started. Yeah, but first first year was 2012. Wow. And we still have about the same number in our audience, I think. Probably. So, great. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Mom. <laughs> thanks, Kelly. <laughs> there's a few more than that. We got Kelly. We got Dano. There, there's, 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 there's a few. You, you know, the one that ones that cracked me up was uh, Kim, our cousin Kim up in Alaska. Yeah. I said, I listen to you guys. Seriously? I know. <laughs> really? Why would you listen to us? She, she, she's, she's on podcast with political movers and shakers and talking to Dennis Prager and Rush Limbaugh. And, yeah, I've even heard her on Lars Larson before. Yeah. And, and she listens to us. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway. Okay, well, we're going to call it? Yep, until next week, go Beavs. Last half hour working on this son of a bitch. I could have been working on other things. Well, now you got it done for next week. So just think you're ahead. Oh, that's true. You're ahead. It's so my my only my only thing is it's really freaking long and I'm gonna read it so I don't want to bore people. But I think it'll be entertaining enough that they won't I won't lose their attention. Okay, we are recording. Perfect. I'm I'm pretty I was pretty excited about it. I'm like, well, wow, this is really intriguing. Who knew? Yeah, well, you're ready for next week. I am ready. <clears throat> All righty, good one, Beach. I know you do. <laughs> you know, I look through my memories on Facebook, and I don't remember half the crap I do. I just know at the time I I do it. I laugh at myself, but like those these memories pop up. I'm like, dude, that was funny as hell. Well, and, <laughs> and years um, ago, I was. And um, our uh, it was what 13 years ago today, 12 years ago today on in 2007. That we saw the Beavs beat Cal in Cal. Really? Yep. You pretty- know, this is a great day because Jess pointed that it was a day we went to Club 33. Yep. And honestly, yesterday was a day I went to Club – well, today, I went to Club 33 two years ago with, with my friends from California. 
Right on. With Brittany and, and uh, Diane and, and them. Yeah. That's so, awesome. So, yeah. So it's kind of a neat memory to pop up. But I thought my comment on uh, Chicago from four years ago was, was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Two-time national championship. Ta- I like beer. <laughs>